behold Him. Yes, we shall be. her last night and asked her to sing this because I have going to what he said to do it. Revelations 3.11. Then we're going to receive communion after Christine shared. God.
Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast. Let no man take thy crown. I'll read it in the um, Amphite. I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have so that no one may rob you and deprive you of your crown. Uh, he says in the next verse, He who overcomes is victorious. I will make him a pillar in the sanctuary of my God. That's so heavy. And I, I like I said, I was not planning on teaching the way the sermon went right in the middle. So go ahead and share what the Lord had told you this week. I didn't know this until I called and said, would you, could you sing this? And she did a great job. You hadn't practiced it for quite a while and you did a wonderful job. Thank you. Um, on November 14th, um, I was at work and um, I was away from everybody and by myself and I, I was dealing, I, I immediately, I was talking to God and I was dealing um, with some symptoms um, that I hadn't dealt with for a while and I just, I started to get discouraged. Um, and at that second that I, I was talking to God he immediately came in and it was just so loud and clear and he said, look up, your redemption draweth nigh. And, you know, it seems so, at times, like you feel like you've had a breakthrough and then the enemy will try to, you know, come against that. But when he spoke that, <laughs> it put everything back into perspective that he is so powerful and mighty. You know, the things we deal with here is nothing compared to him. And um, so I, of course, was thinking about that all day. And then in the evening, I was um, going to bed, and I had just gone to bed, and, um, and I was just laying there. and. You know, I wasn't thinking about any certain thing, but all of a sudden, it just really clear and loud, look up, your redemption draweth nigh. And um, it was powerful. Amen. That's, this was really powerful last night because I was going a whole different way. And I think the thing that's been the hardest for me is to see how many people are dropping out. And the Lord said that would happen. And it's, um, we need to pray, church. Pastor, we're going to go ahead and receive communion. Would you come forward and bring your Bible in? If you could hand me the, the sermon notes, I don't know if you got everything. You've got them in your Bible right there. I you have. No, I have them, but I don't. You don't have them all. Okay. special times you know as each day goes by and then a week goes by and then a month goes by now we have a year that's just about gone by we're that much closer to the coming of the Lord and the prophecies that tell us when he's coming we're living in it you know when Jesus first came people were living in it but didn't realize it and today people are living in it and not realizing it but we have our privilege to know 
the times that we live in. We don't have to be worried, depressed, Amen. disappointed. We can look up. For our, just like you said, our, our redemption draweth nigh. And uh, I know uh, being prepared is what we need to be. Uh, we can't put it off any longer. Since we are going to look at the communion or take communion this morning, Jesus said that he would not partake of this. That is, this communion, what we call the Lord's Supper, until we all are together. And that's shortly. I think Jesus is really excited because he knows that the, the tables have been set. The, the room is prepared. Um, there's excitement in heaven. And it's going to happen quicker than we think. So we don't have to. The more we see that goes wrong with the world, the, the more dark, darkness there is, the greater the light should be in us to draw those that need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, anyway, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians. Paul speaks here, beginning in verse uh, 23, chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians. For I have received the Lord, that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he gave thanks, he break it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as ye off as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you show forth the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28, let a man examine himself, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So we need to, just prior to, receiving the emblems this morning. We need to ask the Lord if there's something that's in our lives, we need to clean it up. Ask him, repent of it, so that when we receive the emblems, we receive the full benefit of it. Oftentimes we receive the emblems without getting the full benefit of it. And by his stripes we're healed, so we can get that benefit. Our mind can be cleared because his stripes. And of course, the blood that he sh shed is the washing away of our sins, making us pure in God's sight. So we take a moment now, Father, we're asking that your Holy Spirit speak to us as individuals, that if there be anything in our way that would hinder the blessings of, the, of this covenant, Father God, this meal that it be cleared up, Father God, by our repentance, Father God. So we take a moment right now. Amen. Come on a second. Amen. It's time for rejoicing. The vocal on the other side of the tape. Pardon me? Is the vocal on the other side of the tape? Dottie's singing it. Is it on the other side? Flip that tape over and play the other side. I believe it is. I'm not sure. If not, just play the music, the one she just sang while we have communion. Okay, if we can have those that uh, are assisting me. 
come forward, we'll prepare to take
Amen. To be one on one with Jesus. Wow. And he's going to say, thank you for believing in me, he says. When it should be us saying thank you for being the Savior and Redeemer. For the joy that's set before him, that's you, that's me. Father, as we look to the bread, which represents the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, the pain and suffering, Father God, the bruises and the stripes that were placed upon him, that we can be healed, that we can have a clear mind. He did it all for each and every one of us. So, Father, we, as a token, we take this bread in remembrance of what he endured in his body for us. In Jesus' name. Father, as we look to the cup, the greatest blessing to all mankind, that of removing the guilty stains, the sin that had us shackled and burdened through the cup, all sin. And darkness is washed away. And we have now the privilege of being your child, a joint heir with the Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the new covenant that shall never be broken. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Glory. Being prepared. Give me two. There's two there. Here, I thought I only had one. Well, let me give you a nugget for today before we get started. Are we? Long nugget? No. With faith, there are no questions. With faith, there are no questions. Without faith, there are no answers. Good one. Once more. With faith, there are no questions. Without faith, there are no answers. That's something to ponder on. Or as, they, as the word says, Selah. Okay. Manny, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Go ahead. Praise you, Father. Father, we thank you for being privileged to receive the Holy Communion and partake and put you in 
put ourselves in remembrance of what you did. For being able to come into your presence, to have your presence dwell amongst us and in us. And so this morning as we teach this word, we thank you that you've empowered us. You've anointed us. You've anointed your word to go forth, to minister to us, to teach us, to instruct us, to remove anything that would stand in the way between you and us. For you said in Psalms 107, 19, and 20, we cried unto the Lord and you sent your word and you healed us and delivered us from all destruction. And so we stand on your word this morning and we thank you, God, that your word, this seed, falls on good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. And Pastor and I yield ourselves to you, spirit, soul, and body, so the word of God shall go forth in power and might. And everyone said, Amen, Hallelujah. Let's look at Ephesians 3.13. And as I was studying last night, oh, actually I had been meditating on this. Hang on. Philippians, did I say Ephesians? I am so sorry. Like, where are we here? Dang. You want to read that? I'm having no hard time up here since I got okay, to the Philippians room. chapter 3, looking at verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Wow. Reach for those things that are before. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, Whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which also walk as ye have for us an example. Verse 18, for many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. That is heavy. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is, is their shame. Who mind earthly things? For our conversation is, a, is in heaven. From hence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working thereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Praise you, Jesus. What I'd like to do is go up to verse 10, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively come become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in the same way come to know the power overflowing from his resurrection, which is which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed 
in spirit into his likeness, even to his death in the hope, that it possible I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. Not that I have attained this ideal or have already made my, been made perfect, but I press on and lay hold of grasp and make my own for which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. Thank you, Lord. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captures and make it my own yet, but one thing I do, one thing I do, it is my aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. You notice he said he's straining forward. There are times when you are literally straining forward to what lies ahead. Amen. I press on towards the goal to win the supreme heavenly prize to which Christ, which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. You know, he's constantly calling us upward. And as we are in these last days and we realize that God is moving mightily, even though so many people don't see it and have given up and lost hope, you can literally, I don't know if you can, but I can literally feel the pull in the spirit of being of the, of the resurrection. I can't explain it. I, I can't. It's something spiritual, but you can literally feel the presence of God literally pulling you up and forward. And that's powerful. And then it goes on to say, um, for there are many, in verse 18, who, of whom I have often told you and now tell you, with, even with tears, who walk, live as enemies of the cross of Christ, the Anointed One, they are doomed, and their fate is eternal misery, perdition. Their God is their stomach, their appetite, their sensuality, and the glory of their shame, residing with earthly things, being of their party. But we are citizens of the state, commonwealth, homeland, which is in heaven. We're citizens of heaven. I want you to see yourself. I will tell you, after last week and what I taught on last week, that for me even though it was, was on the joy, I can't explain it, but that changed my life. I don't believe I have turned on the radio and listened to the news at all since. When God spoke the words that he spoke that weren't even in my notes, and he began to share how Jesus said, watch what you hear. And how the things of the world and the cares of the world and the things that go on about us can literally pull us down. And I want to read that scripture again in Revelations 3.11. Because people are falling away. They're getting so upset over what's going on in the world. Right here it says we are citizens of heaven. We shouldn't even concern ourselves. Not one time did Jesus gripe about the government. I never saw him complain, murmur, and carry on about them. When, when the disciple came to him and asked him, what about taxes? He said, go to the first fish you catch, and you'll have our tax money. Go pay it. It was that simple. Jesus lived by faith. We are to live by faith. If we get our mind distracted and all turned around, we cannot live by faith. We cannot live on what Gloria and Pastor were talking about in the early class. What goes on in the world today will literally cloud your faith and it will pull you, suck you back into the world system instead of the word system. And so I don't know about you, but last week's sermon literally changed my life. Speaking on joy changed my life. Must have been, I must have been a needy person or something. But praise the Lord, I'm sure I was. Revelations 3.11. I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have. So that no one 
may rob you and deprive you of your crown. Don't let anybody deprive you. I don't care who it is. I don't care really, frankly, who's in Washington. God is in control. God is greater than any person there is. And the enemy's out there to try to grab, grab your crown one way or another. You understand? And so let's go on to um, Deuteronomy 5.32. One thing Paul said he did, he does not look backwards. You know, for the 30-something years that I have counseled, the biggest problem that people have is they keep hanging on to their past. They can't get beyond it. They cannot seem to break themselves away from it. And as they grow older, if they don't, they become just like the parents that they so I hate to say hated, it wasn't hated, but they, they dis, despised or looked down on because of the way they were treated or whoever treated them. They think on it so long that they become like that person. So that's why Paul said, cut it. You know, I think of Elijah and Elisha. What did Elijah do when he knew he was called? He went back and got rid of everything he owned killed the oxen, gave it away, or, and burned everything that had to do with it. He literally destroyed all of his past and moved on so he could move on. You know, that's what God's looking for. Is it hard? No, but you have to make a decision. That's my past. We have to move on. I can't keep going back and thinking about what if, or I did that, or... It's over. Yesterday is yesterday, and today is today. There's nothing you can do about yesterday unless you need to ask someone to forgive you. It's over. It's gone. You know, if you need to ask someone to forgive you, call them up and ask them to forgive you. But, and when you ask them to forgive you, don't say, well, you did whatever, and that caused me to do this. <laughs> That's not forgiveness. Amen. Do you have that scripture, Deuteronomy 5.32? Yes, I do, but I want to go back just a moment to Revelations 3.11 that you okay. mentioned. That no man take thy crown. What crown is that he's talking about? It's a crown that you place before Jesus. And that's the crown of salvation. So if somebody takes that crown, you're not there to give it to Jesus. That means you're not there. So we have to be very careful. Okay. I'm telling you again, this is not the way my plans were for the sermon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, do you have Deuteronomy 5.32? Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 32 from the Amplified. Therefore, you people shall be watchful to do as the, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You must not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land which you shall possess. Whoa, glory to God. Just following God's word, you're blessed. Well, you know, he's commanded us certain things, and then he's... You know, I, I think about the fivefold ministry and the callings that they have on their life. He plans on you finishing to the end. It's, you know, for me to fall away and say it's over and I'm just going to do whatever. I am called to finish to the end. You know, it's, it's, but you can't turn to the left or to the right. You can't think. You can't look at how many people are there or, or whatever. You have to look to God. You know, the author and finisher of our faith. Thank God, because if we were to look around, you know, if you were to look sometimes at your families or whatever, you'd go, oh, brother, and just want to give up. You can't, you can't look at it. You have to look forward and keep moving ahead. You know, I remember when, when the disciples came to Jesus and he looked at them and he said, 
they wanted to go back and take care of some things, he said, let the dead bury the dead. I'm sure they were just kind of, whoa. But he had three years to teach them in. He knew the amount of time he had. He knew what they were and what they had inside of them and what it was going to take to get them to the place that they needed to be. Well, he knows our number, our days, the days of our number of our life, amen? He knows exactly what he's spoken over us. He knows exactly what he's implanted in us. We, don't, we can't look to the left or the right. We have to look straight on and do what he tells us to do. I can't tell you how many, for 30 years, every, because of stress and things, you know, in, in the job, I've had doctors tell me, you need to quit what you're doing. I can't. This is what God's called me to, but they are, they are speaking from a, a non-spiritual standpoint. You understand what I'm trying to say? You know, you've got to either listen to God or listen, listen to the world, and we choose to listen to God no matter what. Amen? Well, you have a stressful job. Well, everybody has a stressful job if they allow it to be. Amen? Or we Amen. can let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Did you, um, Joshua 1, 7. No, before we go there. Okay. <laughs> go back to the New Testament for a moment. We want to go to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. This is going to tie in with that Deuteronomy 5, okay. uh, 32, 33. That's that first, uh, pardon me, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Let's begin with verse 1. Uh, I'll read this from the Amplified. But relative to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and our gathering together to meet him, we beg you, brethren, he's talking to us, not to allow your minds to be quickly unsettled or disturbed or kept excited or alarmed whether it be by some pretend revelation of the Spirit or by word or by letter, allegedly to be from us. To be effective in that day of the Lord has already arrived and is here. Verse 3. Let no one deceive or beguile you in any way. For that day will come except the apostasy comes first. Unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come and the man of lawlessness sin is revealed who is a son of doom and perdition. Wow! We are living in that day or these days. We need to be, it said we need to be excited about God's word and we need to follow more so be true to what God says now than before, because now the deception is wanting to take even, the enemy is wanting to take even the, the elect out of, out of place. And we just found out earlier that some of the elect are walking away. That means we have to hang on. You know, you, how many have ever seen that little picture of a, a kitten hanging on by, by <laughs> its claws? I mean, it's got this look of, oh, oh, help, help. Well, we got to hang on. Christine gave you a picture of that years ago. Remember that? I think you still have that. Hang on, Snoopy, hang on. You know, that, whatever. Don't be stressed by the situation. Know that you're in God's hands. Okay, and you can go to, well, we've been going to Joshua 1. 1 7. <laughs> okay, here we go. Only you be strong and very courageous that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So he's saying, don't turn to the left or right so you can prosper wherever you go. 
That's pretty good. Of course, then verse 8, the book of the law of the words shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you should deal wisely and have good success. Then he goes on again, Have I not commanded you, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, so many places we're going to find here, God says, don't turn to the left or right. Keep heading straight on, you know. I think about when they left Egypt and they had all the gold and the silver and all the riches and everything. And, you know, they were just, they left. And I don't think they were in a rush to get to the promised land. And here comes the Egyptians behind them. None of them turned back. They had them coming right up, right up behind them. It's kind of like the the game Pac-Man. I used to play the. I used to like that game Pac-Man because that thing was chasing you all the time, and you had to. I know you're laughing, but you know I used to have pastor when we go to pizza give me quarters so I could sit at that machine and and um, play Pac-Man instead of eat. But that thing was chasing you, and you were trying to win, well, something's always going to be trying to get you, but you have the victory. Amen? So here he's telling him, don't look to the left or the right. Moses had to tell these people what they were going to do, and they all went forward. They didn't, I can guarantee you, they weren't looking backwards to see, are they coming? Are they coming? Are they coming? No, they knew we got to get out. We've got to get to the other side of this so they, these can be destroyed. How many have ever run a race? I used to be a runner, believe it or not. Don't laugh. If you want to fall over laughing, you can. But you never, you never, stop. No, he's laughing. You never looked back to see how close the person behind you was or it slowed you down. And it would all, you know, immediately in your thought pattern. It would almost paralyze your thought pattern, which could slow you down in your feet. You know, your mind causes everything to kind of work unless you're allowing the Spirit of God completely control you. But you never did. You were told, don't look back, just keep on running no matter what. Okay, so the next scripture is Proverbs 4.27. Through, or 25 through 27. Don't look back. Don't look to the side. Don't look left or right. And in other words, don't get distracted. I will tell you, I truly believe that God is going to take care of this whole mess in this nation and there will be a revival, a quick one. Get ready, because I believe it's going to be real quick, a real quick sweeping, and then we're out. Could be in a day. Just boom. Who was it that used that used to walk? Who walked in the factory and everybody got saved? Kind of thing. Was he the one that had the intercessor that would go into the town and climb in the tree? into the hole of the tree. Who was it? Anybody? Pardon? No, it wasn't him. It was before Smith. It was before Smith Wigglesworth. Oh my gosh. But anyway, he, he, okay. the power of God was so strong on him, he just walked through that factory and people fell on the floor repenting. The whole place. Every bit of work stopped and the whole place came to Jesus. Just because of the, the holy presence of God on this person, this person's life. We need, you know, I don't know any of you that have got that song. I thought about that song we played last week and many of you went on, your, on the internet and found it. If every city in America 
one praise group would go out to the main street in town and start that, there would be a automatic turnaround in this in this country. You might get arrested in some states or city, you know, but there would be an automatic turnaround. People are hungry. I know when I when Pastor the church he wanted to go to was very uh, was a full gospel church, same denomination, but was really dead. And um, our friends, their daughter had been healed of a brain tumor. I wanted to go visit their church. So pastor went the first Sunday. We were ready to get a divorce. I think I've shared this before. I didn't like him and he didn't like me. And he'd gone to God. I did not know this the Friday before. And um, no, we went to this church one Sunday and we came home because it was, it was too much for him, for his Lutheran background, let me tell you. I liked it. I thought, you know what? That guy has guts. Excuse me, but, you know, I was in the world. And um, so he went, he told God that Friday, he said, you know, I can't take her anymore. He can probably tell you what he told God. He said, but I know I'm coming back to you. And so that Saturday, I went to him and I said, I want to go back to the Wild Church. And he thought, oh, no. You could just see this look on his face like, oh, no. And so he said, yes, well, I got saved. It took him telling God, if we split the sheets or whatever, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to put you first. And I was saved the next day. Well, then he was stuck there, and, and not stuck there, but he saw a difference in, hey, because our pastor that was there did teach the word, and he saw a difference. He came alive to the word of God, which, you know, we all need to. I mean, things are ugly. So Proverbs 4, 25 through 27, you want to read that one, handsome? Proverbs chapter 4. Verses 25, 24? <laughs> 25. <laughs> okay. Let thy eyes look right on. Let thy eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. And let all your ways be established. Wonder Turn not to the right nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. And I like what the Amplified says. It says, let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you my eyes are looking straight on for fixed purpose I'm getting out of here and I'm planning on taking as many with me as I can you know what is what's your fixed purpose well number one my citizenship is not here it's in heaven and if we keep our fixed purpose on that then we're not going to concern ourselves about what's going on here because we're of another place amen okay so the next one is Ezekiel 112 it's going to be in the part of your Bible that you don't read a lot well maybe you do how many have been hanging around in Ezekiel with the, is that where all the eyeballs are in the, is that where it talks about the eyeballs and, is it? I'm asking you, darling. This stuff was scary when I first got saved. I'm going to tell you, like, wow. You've got to remember, I would pick up a Bible and I didn't make any sense, so I'd just shut it and put it down before I was saved. It was a dust collector, trust me. I mean, it looked good on your coffee table. You know. Okay, 11-1. 11 one. 11 one. Ezekiel, though, I said one twelve. I'm sorry. I don't know where I'm getting 11-1. Okay, verse 12, Ezekiel chapter 1. And they went, everyone, straight forward where the Spirit was to go. They went, and they turned not when they went. And they went, everyone straight forward. I think of that song, Onward Christian Soldiers. 
You know, I told you that woman on New Year's Eve, she was a Salvation Army woman, and we were in, the, in this bar, and I'll never forget it, doing the limbo. I can, I can still, you know, I'm not looking backwards, but I, it's, but I, I re, this woman was probably 89 years old. I'm not kidding. She was out on New Year's Eve with her tambourine, and my girlfriend that I was with and her husband, she was raised Salvation Army. This should have put her running out of that place. Should have. Would have scared me spitless. But here came this woman into that bar, banging the tambourine and walking through the bar. I will tell you, that put great conviction upon me. Because remember, as a little girl, I used to sit, we, I was just be seen and not heard, and, and so I would sit in front of the TV on Sundays when our mean adopted grandmother would come over and watch Oral Roberts. And so that put conviction on me that a woman that old would walk. Of course, she could have been my age. Who knows, you know, <laughs> when you're 20-something. She could have been my age, but I thought any, anybody that would walk through a bar this wild by yourself singing has fixed purpose because she had a fixed purpose. I'm walking through there. And I'm getting to the other end, and people in this bar are going to get saved. I know she was praying the whole time. That could have been who prayed me in. I don't know. But I was convicted. I didn't jump under the, that thing any, you know, how it gets lower. I, that was it for me. Thank God the night was ruined for me. Luke 9, 62. <laughs> A lot of people's nights need to, that are having out, that Christians that are going out and having a good old time right now, their nights need to be ruined. Maybe we should go to different bars on um, on uh, New Year's Eve and <laughs> walk through it. If God told me to, I would. He knows I would. Okay, Luke 9:62. I thank God for that woman. Is there a 62 here yet? All right. Jesus said to him, "No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back to things behind is fit for the kingdom of God." That one says it all. This is listen to this. Let's we'll go up a little. This is, where he, this is where he told them. Okay. Let's go up more because we're going to end after this. Hmm. Let's look at the sermon. Let's see where we are. Okay. Let's look at 53. But the people would not welcome or receive or accept him because of because his face was set as if he was going to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, observed this, they said, Lord, do you wish us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did? Now, you know how these two thought. But he turned and rebuked and severely censured them. He said, you do not know what sort of spirit you are. Now, if you ever want to have the fire come down and, and uh, heaven and consume people, you're not of the right spirit. Okay, so I might need to be some repentant. Okay, you're not of the right spirit, according to Jesus. This is what Jesus said, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> For the Son of God did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them from the penalty of eternal death. And they journeyed on to another village. And it occurred as they were going along the road, a man said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. 
Jesus told him, Foxes have lurking holes, and birds of the air have roosts and nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And he said to another, Become my disciple, side with my party, and accompany me. But he replied, Lord, permit me first to go and bury, await the death of my father. But Jesus said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead, for as, for as you go and publish abroad throughout all regions of the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, and become your disciple and side with, with your party. But let me first say goodbye to those at my home. Now listen to this. All this guy wanted to do was go say goodbye. Goodbye. But Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back to the things behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Wow. You say, that's tough. That is. When you think about that, that's really tough. Boy, if you told people this today, they would get so mad. That's, but Jesus said it. So what's he saying? We need to press on. Look forward. Don't get caught up with, with those around that can take your crown. Okay? I'm saying don't get involved with your family. That's not what I'm saying. But these guys wanted, you know, wanted to do some things. And he said he knew there is not time. If you're going to side with me, come now. Because there's things I want to train you. There's things I need to teach you. But don't turn back. And that's what he's saying to us. I will be very honest with you. Right now, he is saying to the bride, I'm coming for a church without spot or wrinkle, and I'm preparing you and getting you ready. So follow me. Look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. How many times did he tell you that? Twice in the same day. And I did not know that when I asked her to, to, um, to sing. Pastor? Anything? Okay. So I'll stand. We've got a short one today. <laughs> She's got three more pages to go, so. No. <clears throat> She just put the scriptures down. I write everything. Very don't, good. Don't forget to sign up, ladies. Going forward, press on to the mark of the high calling. Don't let your crown be taken away. How many, if God told you to walk through a bar on New Year's Eve with a tambourine, would do it? I would. I think it'd be a blast. She didn't say a word. This woman never said a word. She just walked through. And I can remember it. Boy, that was years ago. 68. That was 40 something years ago. And she just, I know she must have been praying, and she just walked on through. And um, that was guilt by condemnation. No, it was conviction. Or conviction, okay. Okay, Father, we're praising. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord. This is the day that you made, Father God. We rejoice in it, Father God. Amen. I thank you, Lord, that we go our, as we go our separate ways, Father God. The joy of the Lord follows us, Father God, that we are able to share that joy, Father God, with those that we meet. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen.